Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and man, have I been looking forward to this discussion today. Jason Romano, former producer at ESPN, he's an author and now the host of the Sports Spectrum podcast, joins us today. Jason, I can't thank you enough for coming on. It really means a lot. Absolutely, Ken. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, again, I'm looking forward to it, but I did want to start off with one quick question. You're a Mets fan, correct? I am. Yeah. Since you 1983. Okay. Long time. 1983. So me and you have a mutual connection out in Utah. And he, he told me, as I, as I met him with him last week, he told me to ask you, what would happen first, the rapture or the Mets winning the World Series again? I have no idea when this is going to air, but we're taping this before the World Series, and we don't know <laughs> if the Mets will be in it. But they're in the playoffs, so I guess it's a lot more... I don't know. I mean, I, I can't control what the Lord's going to do, and God may call you and me home tomorrow or tonight. <laughs> so I, I guess I don't want to ever take away from the you know the ability of what God can and, and may very well do at whatever moment he wants to. Uh, but, I mean, the Mets have a shot here, as, as good as any shot, to get to the World Series and win it. I, I don't – I'm fully expecting them not to because I – am a realist when it comes to my team, but they have enough talent. I'll say that. And, um, I mean, they very well, very well might not even win the division, much less get to the world series, but they're in the playoffs. I know that they got a postseason berth and they got a shot. Uh, I'll be rooting hard, but I, I don't even know if I can fully answer it because the, the rapture, who the heck, I mean, if the Mets haven't won anything, a world series in 36 years. So, I mean, who am I? Is that reason for me not to show confidence in my team? I'll believe it when I no, see yeah. it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, I was the same way until last year because I'm actually a Braves fan. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're in a heated division race right now. And the Braves, listen, I, I've said it. I don't have like a, I want to have a disdain or a hate, if you want to use that word, a sports hate for the Braves. But I really don't. Like, I've met a lot of the guys that are on the team, and their hitting coach has been on our show, and Dansby Swanson's been on our show, and their team chaplain's been on our show. And they're all great guys who love God. And so I, 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 it's hard for me. I mean, I want the Mets to win, believe me, when they play the Braves. But I don't have a disdain for the Braves in the same way maybe that I did when I was younger or <laughs> the way I had towards other teams that are the rivals of my favorite teams. But yeah. Uh, the Braves won last year. Like, let's give someone else a chance this year. Maybe the team in blue and orange from we'll New see, York. We'll see what happens. Um, but but now, uh, now that we get that out of the way, I, I wanted to get the elephant out of the room first. I do, I do want to talk with you. I do want to talk with you today about your experiences as a Christian in sports and how God has used you to glorify him through that. So, with that being said, can you please just just start us off by explaining your faith and sports journey? Yeah, my faith and sports journey is a good question because, I mean, sports starts first when it comes to me because that was my first love. That was what I would deem as my God for many, many years. It's all I cared about. It's all I followed. It's all I watched. And I still love sports today. But my priority and certainly my identity is not found in sports anymore, but it was for a long time. I was always the sports guy. I love sports. It, it really was sports that was the reason that I decided to go into broadcasting 
and pursue a career in the media. So sports has a big influence on me. I love sports. I love the platform of sports. I love the athletes and coaches that are involved in sports and the broadcasters too. But faith doesn't enter the picture until I'm really 27 years old. Uh, I, I went to church as a kid and kind of checked boxes as far as doing all the things that you're supposed to do as a good you know, Catholic boy who made my first communion in my confirmation when I was 15 and did what I was supposed to do, at least I thought, but I really didn't have a relationship or quite honestly, I, I don't think I was ever introduced to Jesus as a savior or someone that I could have a relationship with until I was 27. And once that happened, and I said yes to the Lord, and, and my brother was the one who introduced me to Christ, and I'm so grateful that he did. Uh, once that happened, then it became a gradual progression to making faith the priority, making Jesus the priority. But that didn't happen for probably another 10 years. So even though I began my journey with God at 27, it probably wasn't until my mid to late 30s that I started to see the the path shift if you're looking at a graph and suddenly you know, God's moving upward and sports are moving downward. Although that's hard too, because I worked at a place like ESPN that is all about sports. So mm -hmm. uh, the, the balance there of both faith and sports was difficult for many years. Um, ultimately, I knew my faith, or I should say my identity was found in my faith in Christ. But then when I left to come to what I'm doing now in sports ministry with Sports Spectrum, now you're talking about what I think is the perfect intersection of sports and faith and being able to use sports as a vehicle to share the gospel. And if you can do that, now sports becomes a huge priority, but the priority isn't just about the sports. It's about using sports as a platform to point people to Christ. And that's what I'm most excited about and really where I am today. Yeah, that's so great. And you mentioned working at ESPN. What was your initial motivation to, to leaving ESPN? Was it, how, well, actually, how did God show you that you needed to leave ESPN? It was a lot. I mean, it was a process over two years from 2015 to 2017, where, I don't know, I was kind of at the midlife crisis moment of just living, right? I was 42. Uh, I'm 49 now. I was 42 when I thought about okay, God, do you want me to be at ESPN for the rest of my work career or do you want to do want me to do more for you? And that may have involved the want me to do more for him in staying at ESPN. Uh, but I could sense that God wanted me to do more for him and I wanted to do more for him, but I could see that there was kind of this drift, or not drift, that's not the right word, shift, I guess, to potentially exiting ESPN. Um, I wasn't necessarily looking to leave per se, but I could just feel in my spirit, God was saying, I want you to do more for me. And I think that's going to include moving on from ESPN. Um, but I didn't have a specific job that I was looking for. I wasn't calling people and saying, hey, I'm leaving ESPN. Do you have any work for me? I wasn't doing any of that. I was kind of behind the scenes, just praying and meeting with different people and really wanting to hear their stories and let them know that I felt like this was being placed on my heart by God to do more for him and just let the chips fall where they might. And they fell pretty quickly in the fall of 2016 to Sports Spectrum. And that was something that my boss, Steve Stenstrom, uh, and I had a conversation about just me feeling called to leave ESPN, but not knowing what. And then he you know, acquired Sports Spectrum along with a larger ministry that they run with PAO, Pro Athletes Outreach. 
And that led to a discussion, a real discussion about me leaving. Um, from a worldly perspective, it didn't make sense because I was being offered a job that was uh, 40% pay cut. It wasn't full-time. There were no benefits and it was ministry work and there just wasn't an opportunity to go full-time at that moment. And that's scary, you know, especially the 40% pay cut part when you have that conversation with your wife. But we had the conversation and I told her, I said, listen, I, we can live off 40% less of what I'm making now for a little while. I said, when has our faith ever really been truly tested? Let's put this to the test here because I believe this is from God. And I said, if it's not from God, this will blow up in our face, right? This is just something that I want to do and it won't make sense. But if it is from God, he's going to see us through and he's going to take care of us. That's all I knew. Well, five and a half years later, as I talk to you right now, I'm still with Sports Spectrum. We made the leap in 2017. Uh, so it's five and a half years later now. And uh, God has provided. Let's just put it that way. And I've, I've since become a full-time member of Sports Spectrum and PAO in 2019. So a couple years later, I joined staff and became you know a full-time member. And now I'm leading the team and director of media with Sports Spectrum. And uh, I love what I get to do with our podcast and our media, our magazine that we have. Uh, with Sports Spectrum and all the work that we get to do is all gospel-centered, increase-centered work. And what I mean by the increase is the increase of Jesus and the decrease of self, which comes from John 3.30 in the Bible. That's what our our North Star is, is just seeing Christ increased in the work that we get to do and being able to share these increased stories of these athletes, coaches, and others in the world of sports who love Jesus. Uh, that is a big time shift for me and was a big time shift from what I was doing at ESPN because ESPN was all about serving sports fans anytime, anywhere, any place with sports. We're just taking it a little differently and not hiding behind the fact that it's sports and faith, which we use that word faith, it's sports and Jesus. And we want the gospel shared and and and, and going out to every person that reads or listens or you know, watches anything that we produce. Uh, I love what I get to do. I really do. So if you had to do it again, do you think you would work at ESPN initially or would you, would you go a different route? Great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that. Um, keep in mind that when I joined ESPN, I was not a Christian. Um, I'm not saying that that, that has anything to do with this. It might, but I wasn't a Christian. Uh, I was 26 when I got to ESPN and I'm 49 now. And so I look back 23 years ago, I, I, th I think I would like, I don't know if I would, I, I mean, I loved my time at ESPN, right? 17 years there. I got to experience so many amazingly cool things and my faith really developed and grew. I wouldn't say at ESPN, but while I was working at ESPN. So that was the path that God chose for me. So I guess I would do it again, just because I saw what the Lord was doing through these 17 years that I was there. Um, if I was who I am now as a follower of Christ, deep in my faith at 26 with an opportunity to work at ESPN, would I go there? Maybe because I, I just think I would have approached the work differently at 26, you know, and I think my, my mindset on sports and wanting to be a light for Christ would have been different, but I'm not saying I wouldn't have, I don't know. I don't know. I think I would, I know I wouldn't change anything that I've gone through, that's for sure, because that's the path God had 
plan for me. But if I could do it again, maybe. I don't know. Maybe if there was a sports spectrum in the year 2000, uh, I don't know. I, 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 maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. I, I, I kind of leave that to God. You know, I mean, I really, I know that sounds so cliche-ish, but God would have hopefully directed my steps in the way that he wanted them to go either way. Um, I know the sports person in me and the, the fan of sports that I was and still am probably would have, it would have been really hard to, for me to say no to go to go to work at ESPN, whether I was a Christian or not. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if ESPN came knocking at my door, I know it'd be hard for me to turn it down. But I mean, it took bravery from you to step into the next chapter of your life. So what was your initial goal when you started with Sports Spectrum and started the Sports Spectrum podcast? The initial goal was, especially the first year, was just to scale what we had, like just get some content going, find some rhythms. Uh, from, this is from a content perspective, right? Just find some rhythms, get the podcast started, get it out there. Um, certainly wanted to do the work as excellent as we could with what we had at that time. I think what we're doing today is exponentially a thousand times over better than what we were doing five years ago. But we wanted to just get some stuff out there. You know, the website had been dormant for a long time. So we wanted to make sure our content was fairly regularly being posted to the website. You know, our podcast, we had never done a podcast. So we wanted to make sure that Sports Spectrum's podcast was good. It was out there and it had a good launch. And thankfully it did. And we exceeded the numbers that we had in mind for the goal to reach at that point. I think our goal was to get, you know, 10,000 downloads of the podcast in the first year. And I think we ended up doing that within the first couple months, praise God. Wow. So that was really cool. Um, I think we had, uh, you know, like almost 100,000 downloads in the first year, which was a big, you know, number at that time. Yeah. And, you know, then again, just wanting to really focus on the content being gospel-centered, right? And not every single article is this long, deep-seated testimony of somebody's faith in Christ, but every single article we wanted to make sure that we were writing, every single podcast that we did and every person that we talked to, we wanted to make sure that Christ was asked about in those or mentioned about in those articles and in those stories and in those podcasts. And sometimes it was 30% Jesus and 70% sports, and sometimes it's the other way around. I tend to enjoy the 70% Jesus part, if I'm being honest, because I can hear about the sports part anywhere. Um, but that was our goal. And honestly, that goal really hasn't changed. I mean, I think we've evolved as a group and as a team and we've, you know, began to implement no more ideas for content and stories and we've hired some people and, and done some cool things over the past five and a half years. But the goal really then and now is to bring Jesus and keep Jesus in the sports conversation. And we want to continue yeah. to do that. So would you say your motivation throughout all the years with Sports Spectrum has been sharing the gospel and then secondly, I guess, blending that with sports? Yeah, creating good content. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing I'm grateful for, and sometimes it's to a fault with my team, and you can ask them anytime uh, <laughs> I'm talking, is I want it to be good and I don't want to settle. And that comes from my time at ESPN, just me as a you know, as a guy who competes and, and, and wants to win, if you will, from a sports perspective, but from a content perspective, and I believe this is biblical too, if you just look in Colossians, like I want to be excellent. I want our work to be excellent and I want to be excellent at anything that I do to honor God. So that's the big thing. I mean, certainly 
getting the gospel out is the number one priority. And if Sports Spectrum can be a resource to be able to share the gospel with someone else, that's what we want to be. And we most of the stuff that we have is free, and then our magazine is is a, a short, it's a cheaper subscription fee. You know, it's basically a $20 bill a year to have a subscription, but it's really the only thing we charge. But between those magazines and, and the stories on the website, use that as a resource to help you in your Matthew 28 discipleship life that you're living, hmm. right? Like that's what, we are to go and preach the gospel and make disciples. We are to be ambassadors for Christ. If Sports Spectrum can be a little bit, just a little piece of that pie for you in your journey with Christ to help share the gospel with others, that's what we want to do. But also, I want to create good content. Bottom line, like I really do. And I am competitive. I want to see our numbers higher than they are now. And I'm glad that they're at where they're at compared to where we started. So I get caught up in that sometimes, but ultimately it really doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but it doesn't. If it's one person that that hears the gospel because of the work that we did, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. it's all about perspective. For that's sure. right. Yeah, it's same thing with my books. Like the books that I wrote, if one person can be encouraged by them, then it was worth writing them. Obviously, my competitive juices want to sell as many books as possible, right? Or have as many people read it more than selling the books. I just want people to read the books. But if one reads it, that's all that matters. And they were impacted by it. And then I'm content in that. Yeah. You just brought up your books, your two, two books that you've written. I, I don't know. I don't know how to say, ask this, but can you give like a summary of these two books uh, and the, what, what your motivation was behind, behind writing them? Sure. Quick summaries. So Live to Forgive is my first book. It's a book about moving forward when those we love hurt us. And it's a forgiveness book. It's a, a narrative based upon my forgiveness journey with my own dad who struggled with alcohol for many years. Um, it's also application in that book and how you can help or you can be helped in your journey toward forgiveness. And the idea being that forgiveness is what truly allows us to live in freedom and not walk around in bitterness and hate and anger. That's the first book. Completely different book. The second book, which is called The Uniform of Leadership, that book is a leadership book, but really it's a it's a it's principles on living a life of serving others like Jesus did. He said in Matthew 20, I have come to serve you. I have not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. So that's what that second book is about, but it's weaved in and kind of disguised as a narrative and the stories that I got to experience at ESPN. So if you're a sports fan and you like to hear stories from some Hall of Famers that I got to spend time with and a little peek behind the curtain at ESPN, this is a great book to get, but really it's a leadership book. And what are the lessons that were learned in those experiences that I had at ESPN that can be implemented and help you in your leadership journey with the underlying fact that it's gospel centered the whole way. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of scripture in there. There's questions at the end of each chapter and it's really that book, the second book and the first book too, but more the second book is designed to go through with a group. So if you're a boss or, you know, someone in a position of leadership and you have a team under you, or if you're a coach uh, or a pastor, um, this is the book to go through, I think, to help you grow in your leadership and to help your players or your staff, I think, see that they can be leaders right where they are. They don't have to have a certain 
title or status to be able to be a great leader. So that's the second book. You asked about the motivation behind both books. Listen, I, I have zero desire, Ken, to ever write another book. And to be honest with you, I had zero desire to write any books in the first place. I was a content guy, but I was more of a broadcast guy, radio, TV, social media, digital media. I, I had zero desire because I know that it's a lot of work. I had talked to and known a lot of authors before I wrote my first book and everybody kept saying it's a lot of work. So if you're going to do this, just know what you're getting into. And they were right. And I'm glad we went through two books and I'm glad I have them and I'm proud of them. And I think they can continue to this day to help a lot of people. And I will continue to give as many books away as I need to. By the way, if anybody listens to this and wants a free copy of either book, just email me. You know, I'll let Ken give out my email or, or just contact Ken and I will figure out a way to get you a copy because I'm not trying to make money off these books. I really just want people to read them. But I my motivation behind them was only stemmed from the idea that it could help someone. Um, I told the story of my dad and the relationship I had with him and forgiving him at my church in 2015. And a couple of friends who heard it said, you need to tell this story to more people. I didn't know what that meant. Another guy heard it. He's an author. And he said, you need to write a book because this is an important story and you need to share it. And I just thought, why would anybody in the world care what I had to say about my own broken relationship with my dad? Why would that, why would anybody read that? So I was like, why would I bother writing all this if nobody's going to read it? I'm not a, you know, an influencer or a celebrity or anything like that. Uh, but they just said, listen, you're not writing it for that. You're writing it because you know it can help someone. So then I said, all right, well, what's the process? They showed me the process. Then we got knee deep in it. We really did. And it got deeper and deeper. And so I felt like the water was coming up to my, you know, to my shoulders and then my neck. And, but it was worth it. It really was. And it was, it's, it was a hard process, very therapeutic, especially that first book. Uh, but I'm so glad I wrote it. I know a lot of people who've read it and been encouraged by it and it's helped them. And that's all I, that's all I could ever hear that would make me say it was worth it was that it's helped some people in their journey to forgive. And, um, you know, Jesus doesn't sugarcoat forgiveness. He's pretty clear about it in the Bible that it's, it hurts you if you don't forgive. Like if you don't forgive others, God in heaven won't forgive you. Like that's harsh, but Jesus doesn't mess around when he talks about forgiveness. And, um, that's why I really felt it was important for people to hear my story, but to them be encouraged to forgive in their own journey. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot there we can keep going, but the, I think the motivation behind it was just to help other people. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought up that you, you didn't feel like anybody would want to hear that story or, but either books, but I don't know where I heard this recently, but telling stories that, that push people closer to God does more for people that listen to the story than it does for yourself. Um, and it pushes more people to God than you may ever know. Agreed. And I've, I've shared this too. Like if you have a story and you know it can help one person and you yeah. don't tell it, you're being selfish. And so I've, I've definitely bought into that. I think initially it's one thing to share the story like you and me talking or coming over to my house and we're watching the game and I share you know something I'm going through. It's another thing to write a book mm. you know, and put that in book form and then have the world read it 
And that's where I thought, like, why in the world would anybody want to read a book about my story? I'm not afraid to share my story with anybody I come in contact with, but a book is different, right? And I, But at least that was my thought process. But now I realized a book isn't different because not everybody can write a book. I think it's like 80% of the population wants to write a book someday and only 2% actually go through with it or something. It's some crazy number that I heard. So okay, great. I'm glad I was able to, to accomplish that. God really did that, not me. And, and it's helped people. So I was wrong. <laughs> and that's why I encourage people to share their own story, whether it's writing a book, put it on a blog, do it on a Twitter or Instagram post, or just telling someone, share your story. Because if it can help someone, man, that's how powerful those stories can really be. Yeah. This next question, I think it applies a little bit to what we were just talking about. Through helping athletes all over the world, I mean, you ha you have hundreds of thousands of people that listen to your podcast. What, do you see one problem in Christian athletics specifically today that more athletes face than others? So I have a couple thoughts. I think, I think we need to stop putting Christian athletes on a pedestal to expect them to be more perfect because they're athletes or famous. We struggle. We, we mess that up. Like, especially us as Christians, when I say we, you know, we expect, and I just did this the other day. You know, I, we wrote a story about someone recently prominent in the professional sports world, uh, prominent position, very successful. And then we saw recently a video where they were dropping some bad words in a motivational speech. And I thought, well, shame on me for thinking that they're more perfect because they're in the professional sports world just because they're a Christian, yeah. you know? I mean, and I'm not saying because you curse that you're sinning or whatever, but you know, that person's no different than you and I, you know, sinner saved by grace. Um, so I think we need to stop putting athletes on, I mean, I do think there's a responsibility, you know, with great, great, you know, what is it? I don't even know the line, but you know, with, uh, with the, the higher the platform, you know, the more responsibility you have, right? And you should be more mindful of your witness when you are in the spotlight. You should. But we have to be really careful not to just hoist these people who are quote-unquote famous up to a spot to when they fall. We're just like, how could they ever do that? Like, that, they're a follower of Christ. Right. But they're also human. Mm. And they're just as susceptible as you and I are to sin and the struggle that we have each and every day. And it could be just be our eyes. It could be our thoughts. It could be our words, our actions, what we do. But we're all susceptible. So I just think we need to show a little more grace. And let's celebrate these people who are sharing the gospel and using that platform to point people to Christ. But let's not tear them down if they mess up. Let's pray for them and let's understand that they're they're human just like we are, you know. And and I liken it to, you know, if I see a player that I know is a believer on TV and they start dropping a couple f bombs in the middle of the game because they're emotionally into it, um, we have to remember that they're they're humans. Now, yeah. personally, I do not like that. I do think there's a responsibility on the athlete's part as well. This is the other part of what you would deem as a problem, right? I think I want to see athletes be, and, and just people in general, right? But athletes, be more mindful of 2 Corinthians 5.21, for we are ambassadors for Christ. 
And so if you're partaking, even in the sports world, and it doesn't look any different than everybody else, you got to be mindful of that. That does damage to your witness, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there are some athletes, you, I, I'll, I'll name a, one name, Carson Wentz, who I don't, I mean, he may not always perform the way you would hope as an athlete, as a, as a fan of the team, but man, that guy's witness is rock solid. And you very rarely hear him curse. Tony Dungy was this way too when he was coaching. He was the same temperament, never used language, never demeaned anybody publicly, didn't go on social media and rip anything apart. They were the same. And there's some athletes, I've watched them, I mean, some many of them who I've talked to, and I'm not going to name names because it's not my place to judge them, but I hope that they would have awareness that their witness on the field is just as powerful as it is away from the field. And so if you're going to talk about Jesus and praise him after the game or you know, in the locker room or on an interview, when you're on the field, you are an ambassador for Christ. You should also be as intense as anything and, and give your absolute best and, and want to compete and want to win. And sure, the human side gets you upset, but this has been something I've been wrestling and thinking about for a while. I'm actually going to have a conversation on our podcast about this with a a former NFL player in, in a little while here. And that, that conversation is going to be literally about taming the tongue. Mm. And what is the importance of taming your tongue as a professional athlete who follows Christ? Yeah. And again, I don't believe if you swear, curse, drop bad words that, that you have suddenly lost your salvation. I don't believe that. But let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That's biblical, right? And it doesn't say, don't say this word or that word. So I, I get if you want to, you know, on a cross pass with me and, you know, come back at me and say, well, the Bible doesn't say that you can't curse. You're right. But it does talk about wholesome talk. It talks about lifting others up. It talks about not being conformed to the patterns of this world. That's Romans 12. So... I just think that's, I don't know if I call it a problem, but it's a, it's definitely a subject that I've been thinking a lot about and challenging myself too, right? Like I'm no different than anybody. I'm not an athlete, but if people are listening to my podcast and say they met me at a, an airport or I got to meet them somewhere, meet you now, Kenan, if I was on here cursing and ripping people apart and gossiping and like that damages my witness. So I know that I'm an ambassador for Christ. I want to be a representative for him. And it doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I do have to be mindful of what I say, of where I go, of who I'm around with. And I mean that specifically with regards to my wife, all of that, of what I post. You know, it's funny. I even posted something a couple of weeks ago on Twitter and I can't remember what it was, but it was, it was something off the cuff because I was off the cuff because I was angry about my team losing or something. It's probably about the Mets if we're going back to the beginning here, Ken. Um, actually, I'll tell you even, I'll tell you another story. This is the truth. This is, I can't remember that post, but this happened last year. Last year, I got really frustrated with the Mets in August and September. They blew the, that lead that they had all year and ultimately didn't even finish over 500 and missed the playoffs. And in the past, really, really angry Jason sports fan would just go on Twitter and rip apart every player. How can they have him in the lineup? He hasn't hit at all. What are they doing? Blah, blah, blah. Really, since I left ESPN, I've gotten to know a lot of these Christian athletes even more. 
because of my work with Sports Spectrum. So I'm mindful that if I go on Twitter and rip players, that those guys could cross my path someday and that they're humans and they're trying to do their best. So I try not to rip people or players anymore. Hmm. But the Mets brought the worst out of me. And I didn't rip any player per se, but I did rip the team quite a bit. Like, oh, here we go again. Another loss. This is just getting ridiculous. I can't believe this. And I would reply to the Mets feed and say this. Just stupid stuff. And I get it. I was just a sports fan who was angry. But I had a player, I'm sorry, a coach on that team who I knew personally. His wife, who I also knew, reached out to me. Said, hey, I see what you're saying about the Mets. And I'm hearing from some other people who are Christians that see that you're a Christian and they're thinking that's not cool. And so all I said was, you know, I started going into defense mode. Well, I didn't rip any players apart. I would never say anything bad about, you know, this coach or this player. But they said to me, all you have to do is rip the team and you're ripping the players. And I said, wow, that changes my whole entire perspective on being a fan because that's what we do as fans when our team's not doing well, right? We say, what are you doing? So I've made it a pack now to just say that when I'm downstairs in the basement watching my team, maybe my brother's there and my wife and I'm screaming, what are they doing? But I'm not going to use this, my phone, and put anything out to the world about my, because it's just sports. And I value the relationships that I build with people, especially those that are Christians in the, spa- in the sports space, that I would never want to do a damage to that. And so I am mindful, very mindful. I, and that's why I say I'm accountable too. But I, I would hope that all of us as Christians can be more mindful, whatever our sphere of influence is, to be better as representatives for Christ because we don't want to damage or point or push people away from Christ just because we acted like an idiot. Mm. Sorry, that was a lot. Yeah. No, no, that is great. That was great. Yeah. So as we do start to wrap up today, and I, I love every every point of that conversation we just had, but through podcasting and in-person speaking and writing books and tweeting all the time. <laughs> You're constantly discipling others through your words, even if that's through a uh, unorthodox way. Uh, what encouragement would you give to athletes that want to be a witness to their teammates and to the fans that watch them and their parents and whoever may see them play? Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you, right? Matthew six thirty three. the words of Jesus who's giving us clear direction on what to do. Seek first the kingdom. That's my advice. And again, it's hard and that's very generic in the sense of what does that mean, right? To seek for, I think in anything you do, especially as an athlete who might be listening to this, seek first the kingdom, get in God's word, spend time in prayer before anything else. Hmm. Let him guide you, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in everything that you do in all in all ways, and then he will direct your path. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Like, do that and, and focus on that and come back to that. And then I think everything else will fall into place. I really do. Because if you're seeking God first, we're going to go back to that discernment, right? Go back to that being mindful, being an ambassador. When you seek him first, what's going to flow out of that, right? Hopefully it's the fruit of the spirit, not the fruit of the world love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and self-control, things that we struggle with as humans, the more we go after God and seek him first, the more those will flow out. And I think those can flow out in your world of sports a lot. 
You know, if you have the the spirit of God in you, you're probably not going to be screaming and yelling and cursing every second something doesn't go your way. You know, self-control is a big one. Now, again, I get people, people mess up. It happens. You move on, you repent and you ask for forgiveness and you, you move forward. But the more you seek after God, the less you're going to have to deal with those situations. And you'll see that there will be a genuine change in you and you'll be different. Again, going back to what it says in Romans 12, not conforming to the patterns of this world. And people will begin to ask what's different about that guy. Albert Pujols is a perfect example of that right now. Mm. He gets 700 homers conducting himself in a, in a way that's different from the world for the last 20 years. So people say, what's different about that guy? Well, he always says, listen, it's not me. It's God working through me. And it's different. And it's consistent. That's another word. A consistent walk with Christ is a great way to go, I think, when you're thinking about, especially thinking about navigating the sports world. Yeah. And I, I saw the other day when Albert hit the 699 and 700, he didn't get the ball. Like that was wild to me. And talk about humility, right? Seriously, holy cow! And he, he was like, "The balls of the fans—they're like trophies for the fans." That's not conforming That's- to the patterns of this world, right? If that were you and me, and I'm trying to talk like a Christian here, but I'd be like, "Give me that ball! <laughs> I want number seven hundred. That's going on the mantle. I want to give that to my grandkids." And Albert's like, "It's just a baseball. Seven hundred's nice. The fans catch it. Let them have it, and I'll, I'll have my moments and." It's like, okay, that's awesome. Very breath of fresh air there, and you just never hear it. I wonder what will happen when Aaron Judge, you know, breaks the Yankees record and the American League record if he asks for the ball back from the fan and tries to make a deal or if he is kind of looking at it the same way. I don't know. And I'm not even knocking someone who says, I want that ball back. You and I would both want that ball back, right? But, man, talk about standing out from the crowd like Pujols. Mm. Pretty refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, he is, he's an amazing witness for God. But Jason, I just want to say thank you so much as we close it down today. What, what you do with the Sports Spectrum Podcast is such an inspiration to so many, and I know it has been for myself for a long time. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it, Ken. Thanks for having me, and uh, all the best to you, and, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Well, thank you. All right, well, for all the listeners out there, please share this episode and follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Competing for Christ Podcast. And go listen now to the Sports Spectrum podcast. It is one of the best podcasts out there. If you don't get anything else from this episode, please remember this. God loves you and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you next time.